As the designated historical relic on the council, I still like sticking the credit card in the slot. Just saying. For $20,000? It's not my 20. <laughs> Hello all, welcome to the Voice of Loveland podcast for IamLoveland.com. I am the Loveland Tadler, your host R.D. Kulik, and it's just us today, guys. The greatest other host, Pam, she's recuperating from some recent surgery and stuff. Keep her in your thoughts and all that, but she's going to be back here because she is just as anxious to talk about this stuff as I am. But it's still, because, of the election se- because it is election season, we wanted to kind of put out a podcast every week to keep people informed because... Obviously, there is a lot of different views and things out there. And yes, I I kicked it off with probably the greatest soundbite we're ever going to get just proves everything that we've been saying the last few years about the Mayor Bailey majority and being fiscally irresponsible. Of course, I kicked it off with Councilman Kent Blair talking about not as 20. But you know what? I just put that at the top to kind of remind you guys. Plus, it's it's still just unbelievable to me that he actually said that. But no, today I'm going to talk about the schools, the Loveland City School and the school board election. And it's just going to be me, so it's just really my thoughts on this. I know Pam and I have discussed a bit on this stuff, but I'm not going to sit here and endorse anything. I'm not going to sit here and say you guys should vote for this person, you should vote for that person. But I'm going to talk about the way that I believe this election is unfolding. Because I believe the Loveland City School Board election is the primary focus of the 21 election cycle. I know Pam and I really focus on the city council, and we do that for a variety of reasons. That's what this is born out of, just the pure lies that came out in 2017, and then the hypocrisy of Mayor Bailey and the fact that you get some new council people on there, like a Mr. Blair, who is of a different political party, he is a Democrat, or even a Mr. Bateman, who tries to say he just wants the ugliness go away, but they all get into power on the backs of this ugliness, and then want to blame people like myself or people like Pam for continuing it. So let me start with that, the the division in the community. There is a political division in this community. There is definitely a group of people that look at this this town as good guys and bad guys. They look at it, as a matter of fact, one of their select committee members has referred to the good guys and the bad guys. And I know in their mind, myself and uh, Pam and people that support us or people that agree with us, We're the bad guys. So I want to address that part first. And I don't want to sound like I'm trying to whine or anything like that. I really have an honest question. What is it that makes us bad guys? So yes, we did oppose their slate of candidates four years ago. And four years ago, their slate of candidates were Rob Weisgerber, Ted Phelps, Neil Ory, and Tim Butler. They look at uh, myself as a bad guy because I oppose their slate of people. But as the years have gone on, yes, we have done this podcast. And again, it's very important to understand why I on Loveland exists. We did not feel like a full, true picture was coming out. And a lot of this goes back to, I like to call them the Loveland Hypocrisy Pack, but it is the Loveland Heartbeat Pack or something like that. I can't remember. Which was founded by a bunch of people who maybe grew up in Loveland, but have not been around here for years. And once the election was over, they left. These are not people that have any long-term skin in the game when it comes to the community. Now, the people that are spokespeople now, yes, they have been here long-term, but they have used their organization, which was supposed to sweep in this new power and stop all the development in town and preserve history or whatever it is. Well, this organization is backing people like Mayor Bailey who have 
done nothing but overdevelop with no plan, which has caused all these traffic problems. So that's why I call them the hypocrisy pack. And of course, to who they are, all they've done is attack. That's all they do is they attack character, they attack people. Everything they said four years ago, you watch happen, they don't care. So they look at themselves as the good guys and we're the bad guys, because I do. I mean, hey, I have to admit it. If there's a division in this community, I am part of that division. I do admit that, as they are part of that division. But what I will not allow them to do is to continue to smear people and lie in the manner that they do. It's not former council member Pam Gross, who's flippantly saying, not my 20. Then that's $20,000, by the way, when it comes to the taxpayers' dollars. I mean, it just shows from Councilman Blair an absolute lack of of non or an absolute lack of serious thinking about this stuff. He has no thought. He puts no thought in it. He's a rubber stamp. Councilman Ted Phelps is a rubber stamp. And if I was to go to council and thump my chest and be like, you know, how dare Councilman Blair dismiss my tax dollars, things like that, they would all ignore me, not look at me, say something like, oh, it was just a joke or things like that and pass by. And then their supporters in the hypocrisy pack would they would go attack me or whatever it is and try to just make people continue to look at this world as good guys and bad guys. And I think that's wrong. And I am taking acceptance for that. I want you guys to know that we recorded a podcast by the certain person running for re-election, and it was not nice. Not nice at all. It was truthful. I felt like everything we said was truthful, but... Pam actually stepped stepped back and said, this isn't who we are. We're not going to punch down on people. We, we explain our point of view, what it means, and why we're there. So if by doing that we cause division, and I'm not going to go out there and seek their guidance, their kissing the rain. I, I am very effective at what I do for a living because I commit. And once again, What makes us the bad guy? I honestly want to know. I want you guys to tell me. Because there is things happening with Ion Loveland, with other things that are are there that is going to pull me away from this podcast. I will in time here very, very soon be leaving the Ion Loveland podcast. Now, what does that mean for the podcast in the future? We're still determining that. But this is a valuable resource. And I believe it should go on. And I believe there should be people that continue to do what Pam and I do and continue to talk about what's going on in our community because it's a valuable thing, regardless of what happens in an election. If they're just going to throw away $10 million on a garage that they have no plan for, that's on them. But there needs to be accountability. There needs to be a record of how this all happened. So like what Vice Mayor Weisgerber did and blamed everyone else for his failures on Loveland Station. And I'm not talking about the finished product. I'm talking about spending millions of taxpayer dollars and selling it for pennies on the dollar. That's what I'm talking about. Same thing Vice Mayor Weisgerber did with the Chrisman Fund. He was able to push the blame, get some out-of-towners to come in and blame everyone else and create a massive lie and then walk away unscathed. That's not going to happen again. When this garage is a problem, there is going to be this podcast and there's going to be this record of how we got here and why it was wrong, and that's what it was. But getting away from the division, <laughs> from my division, I should say, the, the divisive or divisive, sorry, character that I may be, I want to talk about the Loveland City School Boards because the Loveland City School Board. 
due to the nature of what I, I do for a living, there have been some people that have reached out to me, and I don't think they realized exactly who I was when they first reached out to me. I, as a matter of fact, I've spoken at school board meetings on issues that are important to me. I'm not going to talk about them here because it's this isn't the place for that. These people have come to me, and then I think they realize who I am. And a lot of these people that have initially reached out to me and then decided they didn't want to pursue anything, there are people that are very supportive of the school board, the uh, the board that Art Jarvis was the chair of, the board that Ned Portoon was on before the both of them resigned, the ones that Michelle Pettit, Eileen Washburn, and Dr. Lorenz are on. They were very supportive of that board and very supportive of Dr. Krauss. I was not supportive of that board or of Dr. Krauss. And I've made it clear why I wasn't supportive of what they did. You are talking about something, you know, myself, especially as a parent, but anybody, if you are on a school board, you have the public's trust in your hand. You are spending the public's money. You cannot flippantly be like, not my 20, because it's just it's not just educating the children. It is keeping everybody's property values up. It, it's, it's a trust with the entire community. And that board violated that trust. And then in turn, they claim themselves the victims and they went into hiding. Do I think Mr. Jarvis made the right choice resigning? I do think he made the right choice resigning. He put himself out there for the levy. And hey, I've said this on the podcast a million times, and I'm going to say it a million to one now. I voted for that levy. So call me stupid. I mean, <laughs> that's, but I had a personal reason to do that. Again, something I'm not going to go into, and it's more than me just having a child in the school system. Having said that, my kid, it's been a great experience with the Loveland City Schools. His teachers have been top-notch. The facilities are terrible. I'm sorry to say that, but they just are. And I do believe part of that is negligence on the behalf of Dr. Krause. I do believe part of it was negligence on behalf of the board. And I do believe the board acted very combative, and as did the superintendent, when the levy fight was happening. And also, obviously, since it failed and then they came back with a smaller levy, I just don't think they were being truthful. As for this new board, and I apologize beyond all get out for anybody's name that I might mispronounce, but just kind of doing this off the top here is the current board with Dr. Lorenz heading it, Michelle Pettit, Eileen Washburn, the, the tenured members of the board, and then um, board member Kevin Doherty and board member Dr. Eric Schwechenow, they have done a better job. Joe Wessels over at Loveland Local News has recorded, I think he re has released one of this recording. Of uh, he's going to talk to every single political candidate. And I believe he has actually talked to every single person running for the school board. And the first one he put out was with Kevin Doherty, one of the new board members, who I am going to affectionately call the smartest political mind in the city of Loveland. And the reason I say that is, so there are three seats up for re-election this year. There is uh, Michelle Pettit's seat, Eileen Washburn's, and then there was uh, Ned Portoon's, I believe. Ned Portoon had resigned, and Kevin Doherty was appointed to that seat. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Eric Schwechenow was appointed to that seat, whereas Art Jarvis, he resigned, but he wasn't up for re-election this year. He has still an unexpired term, and Kevin Doherty filed to run in that position. He was appointed to that seat. Well, when you look at your ballot, you're going to see Kevin Doherty's name and no one else, and it's going to say select just one because he's running for the unexpired term. And then you're going to see eight other names. And those eight other names is Dr. Eric Schwechenow. Michelle Pettit will not be on that list. There's an issue. She did attempt to file to run, but there's an issue with her petitions, and she is not running as a write-in. So she's essentially in the lame duck session of her time on the school board. Eileen Washburn is running for re-election. 
And then you have a couple of a gentleman, um, Elliot Grossman and um, I Alert, I believe is the other, maybe Jonathan. I, again, I don't have it in front of me, but there's a Anna Bunker is running. And then there's three people running together. There's a Mason, Giroux, and I think Boykett. I mean, again, people, I am so sorry if you guys come to us for information. This is why you're going to see right now. This is absolutely why I need Pam here, because she is so much better about all of this. Yeah, it was Mason, Durham, and Boyko. Now, you'll see those three names together, and I want to start with those three because it kind of informs a lot uh, what I'm talking about here with you guys today. They're running as a slate, which I think is a, is a fine enough idea. In 2017, like I said, Phelps, Ori, Butler, Weisgerber, they all ran as a slate, and they won, and it, was, it wasn't close. People thought, okay, we want change. We want these four men to come in, and they will enact that change. Like I said, except for Councilman Tim Butler, well, they ran on in 2017. They're doing the exact opposite. And Mr. Butler is being punished by a new slate, which is Ori Phelps running for a third term, by the way, Ted Phelps running for a third term. And then John Hart and Kip Ping just to try to kick Tim Butler off. And we'll talk a lot more as the weeks go on about that. But this slate here, this uh, Mason, Mason, Durham and Boyko slate it's interesting because you're going to see their three names along with those eight. And if you're going to vote for one, you're going to vote for the other two. Now, the reason why I bring them up first here is somebody, and I think this is great, but I'm going to be completely honest as I talk about it, but I think it was great. Somebody at the very beginning of the election season, right after Labor Day, put together a Facebook group called Loveland School Board Election 2021 Informational Hub. And it's it's been huge. It's uh, People have engaged with it. Candidates have engaged with it. It's been a really, really good tool. It's something that makes me feel really, really good about this stuff. A lot of those people who created this group were those ones that were very supportive of the previous superintendent, very supportive of the previous board, and were the people that voted for the levy. So naturally, there has been the group has been filled with a lot of people really pushing the uh, the campaigns of Washburn. Eilert and Grossman. And as I go around Loveland and I see signs together, you don't see them all bunched up together, but you'll see some Washburn signs, some Eilert signs, some uh, Grossman signs. They're all kind of, it seems to be a general consensus that that's the three you want to vote for if you are one of these people that supported the board of the previous superintendent. I mean, no, that's that's the wrong way to say it. That seems to be one group. And then the other group, this Mason, uh, Durham, and Boyko group. Now, I was at a board meeting where uh, Elizabeth Mason did speak, and she was with a group of people. You've probably seen it on the news. It has not been as ugly in Loveland as I see in other places, but a group of people that are against mask mandates, and they get in front of these school boards, and they talk about critical race theory or all these other things that have kind of captured the right-leaning minds in America today when it comes to school boards. And Elizabeth Mason was with those groups of people. And as you've looked at them running together, they do talk about a lot of things like parental choice and education. And you guys can figure out how you feel about all that stuff. But these are, it's kind of a national wave that you see the Republican Party funding. I'm not saying they're funded by the Republican Party, but you're seeing that. And so that's who they represent. They, they're capturing those groups of people. Now, they're not out there being very, being, they're not out there really saying a lot of stuff about critical race theory, but they do tend to align with some of the more right-leaning thoughts when it comes to boards of education. Now, that goes back to this Facebook group, this Loveland School Board Election Information Hub. So this group seems to go on the more central or lefter thinking side, and 
I guess now we're in early October and there's a division going on because there's been members that uh, seemingly, I'm looking at it now, members of that that school board election hub that are being blocked from looking at or commenting on the Facebook group for Durham, Boyko, and Mason. So we're definitely seeing this this break again. We're definitely seeing this division again at a time where with the city council, personally, I don't think it's important, but with the schools, it's very, very important. This is where I'm going to wrap a bow on a lot of this stuff. Our school districts, our school district has a lot of issues. I have my views of what those issues are. Other people have their views of what those issues are. But the biggest one, and I don't think anybody can deny this, is the health, the financial health of the Loveland City Schools. Now, I know people would say, well, Dr. Lorenz has been there a long time. Dr. Lorenz is not on the ballot. Okay, you, you, this needs to be a focus. There is a way. This is what we know. Once the election's over, Dr. Kathy Lorenz and Kevin Doherty are going to be on the school board. That's two of five people. Something else I want to say for the Loveland Local News podcast, I think it's called Coffee with the Candidates that Kevin Doherty said that I appreciate, is that there's a perception that the school board was just a rubber stamp for Dr. Krause and everything was 5-0 and it shouldn't be that way. It should be five separate voices. I appreciate he's saying that. I would love for the city council, the Loveland City Council, to listen up. And anyways, those two will be on the board, which means the control of the board, if it goes with this Mason, Durham, and Boyko, they're going to be able to have control of that board. And be it whatever they want to do, they can start voting on doing it. They can take away the powers from the superintendent, uh, Mr. Broadwater, on masking K through six. They could decide to mask all the way through. But if they get those votes, that is now the control of the board. Dr. Lorenz and Mr. Doherty, I don't know if they agree with them or not, but if they don't, they're in the minority in voting. And then you have the Eilerts, the Grossmans, the Washburns. They go, they get control of the board, or they have control of the board, and they can take away Mr. Broadwater's powers, or they could increase them, or they could say, you know, masking for everyone, and da-da-da, all this other stuff. There's a lot of, there's two very different paths that we can go down. As for Dr. Schweschenau or Anna Bunker, they seem to be kind of running more on their own. I haven't seen them really, you know, with anyone. And again, if I could predict this election, guys, I'd be making a lot more money. But um, there's a definite choice, though, if you take Dr. Schweschenau and Ms. Bunker out of it, there's really a definite choice that seems to be forming up. And I want to make this clear. This is my opinion, okay? I've not heard or talked to anyone. I know that the three names that are on the sign together, they are obviously running together. As for Ms. Washburn or Mr. Eilert or Mr. Grossman, I have not spoken to them. I don't know if that's their plan. I don't know what they're doing. I do know that they've all been extremely active in getting out and talk to people. I do. I encourage you guys to go find this Facebook page, Loveland School Board Election 2021 Information Hub. I really encourage you to look for it because there's a lot of great information in there. It is, it, it does, I said it once, I'm going to say it twice. It warms my heart that this happened. And it happened not from Ion Loveland or not from any of these other media sources in the community because this next school board is going to have to be the guiding force for the new superintendent, Mr. Broadwater. But it's most importantly going to have to figure out how to bring back financial health to the Loveland City Schools system, Loveland City Schools, I guess how we call it, district. And they're going to have to do it in a community that doesn't agree on a lot of stuff, a community that instead of us trying to work together, we are spending our times tearing each other down. There are some people you cannot work with. 
Councilman Ori will never work with me. Never. I could come up with a plan that would be a billion dollars into Loveland's coffers if it was called the Ryan Kulik plan, he would automatically dismiss it, as do I think most of those council members do would. I call them bobbleheads for a reason. Again, some of them I have had friendly conversations outside of these chambers many, many, many times. But I understand that, though, too. I understand where I sit, and I understand it is it is more powerful for Pam and I to talk on these microphones to inform you guys, because you're not getting informed from the city council. And I think for the most part, you're not getting informed in other places. If people want to look at us as telling our side of the story or one side of the story, that side needs to be told because it's not being told. But we need to know, be it through myself, be it through Pam, be it through the listeners that like what we have to say, be it through the listeners that don't like what we have to say. That there is major issues coming to the Loveland City Schools, major financial issues that must be solved. And if you've lived in Ohio longer than I have, you know that the state funding mechanism for the schools has just been messed up for a generation. And if we're going to expect Columbus to save us, I got another thing. They're, They're dealing with their own bribery scandals up there, much like we're dealing with them down here in Cincinnati with our city council. So... This is going to be a community-driven thing. And I urge all of you guys to find out, to talk, to reach out to these school board candidates. Because if what's happening, is, if what I'm saying is true, that they're all starting to coalesce around two different competing factions, and one being thinking um, one side of the equation, the other thinking the other side of the equation— if they get power, they are going to just follow the their zealotry, their, their ideas of what's right instead of working with the community. That's not good for us. When you see a bunch of signs together, it's not about if I vote for that one person, I need to vote for the rest of them. You got to think about it. We stress you guys all the time on the city council, but I'm going to stress so, so much with the school board elections. What happens in the next few years with the Loveland City Schools will have a massive impact on our entire community. And this isn't just Loveland. Obviously, Miami Township, Sins Township, there's, a, there's other pieces. I mean, you know, Loveland will have 3,000 votes for the Loveland City Council. There will probably be 10, 50, I don't know, thousands more, though, for the school board. So go out, find out who those people are. And candidates, again, I know who I am, and I know what people think about me, and it doesn't bother me either way because I like doing this. I like having this microphone. But you need to reach out. You need to find all these different ways to reach out to your constituents. And if you want to talk to me, you can come. Please, please contact us. Our information's on Ion Loveland. Come contact us. Because this is such a cliche, but if we don't get this right, then we're going to look back and learn that we have not heeded the words of one Alice Cooper. I apologize. I just, you know, had to drop a song in there and had that one in my head. So with all that being said, the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode is written, engineered, mixed by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And yes, Pam did contribute to this, so I am going to give her credit. Music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate, with an assist from Alice Cooper. And guys, there is nothing more I can say than thank you so much for listening to this. And 
what Pam ends off everything, every time we do this podcast, that what she ends off with is so vitally important in all elections, but especially as we look at our city council and most importantly, as we look at our school board elections, it is going to affect our pocketbook, our property values, and the future of this community more than you can imagine. So be informed, be involved, be influential. <laughs>